the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show means on Thursdays a visit with Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. His site is opportunityohio.org. And Matt, we had the inflation numbers come out this morning, which we'll get to momentarily. But I wanted to talk with you about your analysis of the upcoming midterm elections and what it'll mean in Ohio, what it'll mean nationally. I think the House is going to Republicans. You agree with that. But the Senate seats uh, seem like a toss up. And I guess every time I see a close Senate poll, including the one here in Ohio between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, Do you think that uh, pollsters could still be wrong and be undersampling Republicans in areas like Georgia and Arizona and Pennsylvania and Ohio? Well, let me go to the the bigger question first, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look back at history, right, it it is very difficult for in a first-term incumbent president's midterm to gain House or Senate seats. The average loss is in the 30s in the House and four seats in the Senate. So that's average going back through history. Um, and so, so, so one history is against the Democrats and Joe Biden this year. It's just the way it is, right? The only time that's not occurred is 9-11. So the 2002 midterm for, for George W. Bush, the 98 midterm for Bill Clinton when he was under impeachment and the country kind of rallied behind him on that. Right. And, uh, and then one other instance, you know, you got to go back to, to Reagan. So, so that, that, that's a rare thing that occurs, right? So, so Barack Obama couldn't do it. And, and Bill Clinton only did it in his second term, midterm, right? And so history is against them. Then you look at the economy, and yeah, as you mentioned, you know, inflation went up again this month. So, you know, economy's up, wages down, jobs are starting to, to, to go away. Uh, we're seeing, you know, prices go up. We've got instability everywhere, supply chain issues. So people don't like the direction of the country. And, and, and so economically speaking, that doesn't bode well for, again, the Democrats, because Biden and the Democrats are in charge in Washington. So, so based upon that, you know, my my prediction is that you know the Republicans gain 25 seats in the House uh, in a month, and then I'm calling for two seats in the Senate. With the two ones that I'm, ooh, I don't know, would be Pennsylvania and Georgia. I think it's a 50-50. Other than those two, and it depends if those go the way they are. And I think. You know, Pennsylvania's trending towards Mehmet Oz. I think Fetterman, the more people are seeing him and watching his video and, and realizing that he's not just slightly impaired, he's got some serious, serious health issues from that stroke he suffered in May. And, you know, plus in addition to the crime issues that he has put his arms around, that he's been, you know, let people out of jail, met several murderers he's, he's pushed to get out of jail. So I think he's starting to fade and, and Oz is starting to, 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 to gain. So I think there's a good chance that Oz will win that seat. Georgia, it seems to be the exact opposite, right? Walker's had some stuff come out that has hurt him, and he's starting to kind of now a little bit start to lose momentum. Uh, but but I think Georgia inherently is going to swing back to the right, uh, and, and I think I think he'll be able to pull out a victory over Ralph Warnick, or at least go, they'll go into a runoff because neither will hit 50%. 
Matt Mayer is our guest. He's with OpportunityOhio.org. He writes the Patriot Mind Substack. You can search that, find it easily online. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. You watch the debate on Monday night. I'm sure we have another one coming up between Vance and Tim Ryan. It won't be statewide. I felt like the body language and the delivery was conversational and calm, much more statesmanlike from J.D. Vance than it was from Tim Ryan. And I know that I'm not a Ryan guy, and I... Don't think, though, that I'm inventing what I saw. Ryan looked halting and a little nervous and a little awkward and a little clumsy. And a friend of mine who's uh, with a public policy site said, look, Ryan's not very good on stage because in his career in the Senate or career in the in Congress, he's never had to be good on stage. When you're a Democrat in the Mahoning Valley, the seat is a given, not so much lately with Trump. But you know, that was an interesting perspective to me that this is really the first job that Tim Ryan's had to fight for and that this friend said that maybe Ryan would have been better off trying to run for governor because he picked the wrong race. Yeah, I mean, I think that's partially true. I think the other thing, Bruce, that's going on is Tim Ryan you know, is sitting out there up on stage knowing he's having dissemble, shade, outright lie about his, you know, essentially uniform support for, for the progressive agenda and Joe Biden over the last couple of years. And so yeah, I think if, you, if, I, if I'm up there, so I'm not going to look comfortable if I'm going to figure out how I'm going to hedge every answer to escape when J.D. Vance comes at me for X, Y, and Z. And I think that's what you saw. That's what you saw. And J.D., I think he looked comfortable. And there was this great moment where, you know, he hit hit uh, um, Tim Ryan on the abortion issue because they tried to say about this 10-year-old girl. And, and I think J.D. did a brilliant switcheroo on that by saying, look, the real issue here is no, nobody doesn't think this young girl should, should get an abortion given what occurred to her, right? The, the real issue is that young girl wouldn't have been pregnant if the illegal immigrant didn't get across the border. And Tim Ryan has been 100% supportive of open borders, not funding the border protection, undermining Trump when he was trying to do stuff. So, so Democrats have to own that. And people think that that's not fair. But look, any crime committed by an illegal immigrant in this country is a utterly preventable crime. Had mm. they never got here in the first place, that crime never would have occurred. And you can say that with 100% certainty. Yeah, totally true. And the other thing that I'm uh, curious about here as we head toward the midterms is we don't see a single photograph out there of Joe Biden in Ohio grabbing Tim Ryan's hand, holding Tim Ryan's hand up. Hey, we're a team. I'm with him. He voted with him 100% of the time. You don't see well, that I believe, in it. I believe he just. I believe Tim Ryan just said he, he, he said, no, I, I, I don't want Joe Biden coming to your campaign with me. Yeah, I no, he, he did say that, that yesterday, right? Right. Yeah. He did yeah. say that in the debate. You don't see that picture of Biden and Mark Kelly. You don't see that picture of Biden and Raphael Warnock. You don't see it with anybody running for office. The sitting president is supposed to be like, wow, can I get him here to campaign for me? Like in a tight race. And so I kind of wonder as we're pondering this, what appears to be a very close midterm in some of these Senate races, like are people just uh, that locked into their partisanship and I'm a Democrat, I'm going to vote Democrat. Doesn't matter what gas prices are. Doesn't matter that groceries are up 13%. Doesn't matter that fentanyl's across the border. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter because I'm locked into my blue allegiance. Or are we going to, in retrospect, go, well, yeah, there's no way Tim Ryan can win in a state where Mike DeWine's running 17, 18 points ahead of Nan Whaley. There's no way that, you know, Ron Johnson's going to lose in Wisconsin with Mandela Barnes being as friendly on crime or the same story is true of uh, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I'm really finding that I'm looking forward to the midterms just for the fascinating post-analysis in what did we miss or the depressing analysis of we're so locked in that performance doesn't matter. 
Well, no, no. I think that there is a large chunk on the left and right that they lock into their votes and they never change, right? But but what, what, what we're seeing that's unique right now is this movement of Hispanic Americans from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party, a slightly you know, a smaller shift of African Americans from the Democrats to the Republicans. And remember, the, the those shifts don't have to be huge for the have huge impacts, right? Because in certain races, in certain states, it will matter a great deal. If you can't make up the numbers of the votes you lost somewhere else, you lose, right? And and so to me, that's one of the interesting things. And you would ask me about the polling and are they missing people? And I think, look, I go with what Robert Cahey of Chicago said, and he was very clear that in their polling, and they are the one of the most accurate ones over the last six, six, seven years, they are seeing more Republicans not do polling beyond what was the privacy concern initially. Now what they're seeing is there is a increasing fear among Republicans that if they answer a question on a phone line, that they will be then chased after by the Department of Justice, the FBI, because they are, quote, MAGA extremists and they support Republicans. So they, it's, it's even more difficult now for pollsters to get an accurate read of Republican sentiment because Republicans, because of what's happening with Joe Biden and his, you know, his MAGA extremists, the semi-fascist speech, the going after everyone six or even for process crimes that just simply walked into the Capitol, in, in going after any type of pro, pro-life protester, uh, even though they didn't do anything wrong. That kind of stuff is now absolutely silent, uh, created a massive silent majority who won't even answer pollster, pollster phone calls anymore. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. And I do think that people are hesitant when they're conservative to share their views with a media and they view pollsters as media that they do not trust. Matt Mayer is our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. Let's end with this one. There's so many stories I could get into every day and some I just don't have time to get into. And one of them is this egregious report that the FBI offered Christopher Steele, a million dollars to basically verify everything that was in the Steele dossier that led to the whole, like, Russia collusion hoax. And John Durham, the special prosecutor, still is pressing on this. Uh, What was your view of that whole thing, and where do you think this is headed? Well, I mean, my view is, like, so so get get the timing of this. October of 16, they offered Steele... And not a million, seven figures they offered. Could have been more than a million, right? To, to to give them any evidence to verify any of his statements, and he couldn't do a single one of them because it was all made up stuff. Boost that should have killed this whole Russia collusion hoax. We should never have seen the spying on the on the Trump administration in the in the uh, 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 the interim from the election to the inauguration. We shouldn't have seen all the stuff that didn't happen over the, the next three years. The Mueller report, none of that should occurred because it was all bunk. But in, in the FBI knew it. So this, this shows even more than ever that what was going on in the upper echelons of the FBI was it was all about getting Trump out. And if that's not insurrection, if that's not a coup, I don't know what is, because they were doing it based upon zero evidence when they knew it was a bogus thing and they kept, kept going because they wanted to go after the man. That tells you all you need to know. And I tell you, it is going to be an injustice if not one of these folks, McCabe, Strzok, Page, Comey, none of them pay any price for having done what they did to this country for three and a half, four years uh, during the Trump presidency. Matt, always great to have you on. Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio. Matt, look forward to these visits and look forward to our chat next week. My thanks to Matt Mayer. Uh, We're going to talk at 1235 more about what Matt and I touched on at the end of that interview 
which is um, the Mueller investigation. It's amazing to me how intertwined that is with what's going on right now in Ukraine and the Ukraine-Russia war and Biden saying we're closer to Armageddon than we've ever been. But don't worry, I'm going on vacation or I'm going on a political trip. Gee, I remember from watching, uh, what was it, 10 days in October or six days in October. I was a big JFK geek. I don't think JFK left the White House during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I think he realized that was a pretty big deal. Need to get that taken care of. Need to get that buttoned up so we didn't get annihilated by uh, missiles from Cuba. But Biden, eh, you know, he's oblivious to it. He's going on vacation with Dr. Jill, and then he's going to states to tout his accomplishments. Although nobody that's running on the Democratic side of the ballot almost 30 days ahead of the midterms will be seen with him on a stage because he is as toxic to them politically as a nuclear weapon would be to our ongoing existence. But everything's connected to everything with that. And it turns out everything's connected to everything with the border, the Ohio Senate debate, and crime here in Columbus. How sobers. Well, uh, the topic of the border came up the other night during the J.D. Vance-Tim Ryan debate, when J.D. Vance made a point that crushed the point Tim Ryan was trying to make. Look, I've always believed in reasonable exceptions. This is a misrepresentation of my view, but let's hear it from me, not from Congressman Ryan. Uh, I I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what that's like for the girl, for her family, God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congress and Ryan, they talk about this all the time. The thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. So what happened to the rapist? Uh, Gerson Fuentes is his name. Uh, he is scheduled now to go on trial in late January. January, well, excuse me, Jan, in early January, January 9th. Uh, if found guilty, and Gerson Fuentes is an undocumented immigrant from Guatemala, he faces life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, if he did this, let's hope that's the penalty that he gets, and let's hope there's not an out for it. Uh, in court yesterday, his defense attorneys say they need to see the body cam video from his arrest to make sure all procedures were followed. Yes, we must treat Gerson Fuentes, who is not an American citizen and thus is not entitled to the protections of American law. Uh, we must treat him with kid gloves. Uh, not at all like he is accused of treating the nine-year-old girl that he raped and impregnated. Now, speaking of the border, uh, it is amazing that we have a bad border situation, given that we have the estimable Kamala Harris uh, on the case. Uh, Here is Kamala Harris talking about the border and how uh, certainly not her fault that things have spiraled out of control. It's more the fault of the 
mean and evil governors like Doug Ducey in Arizona and Greg Abbott in Texas who send migrants to other cities. Talk about political theater. I mean, playing games with people's lives and with their lives. Mm, their lives. You know, there were yeah. mothers with sleeping babies getting yeah. off those buses. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem and if we agree that, that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? When we first came in office, the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship, was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. Hmm. Fixing a broken immigration system, according to Kamala, is to give every citizen, well, to give every illegal alien who comes here citizenship status. That's how you fix a broken system. You let them all in and you give them all citizenship status for breaking into our country. Uh, the similar. Does she even hear herself? Yeah, no, I, got, I, got more, I got more. I got more. But I'm, I'm, I'm attacking the end of that before I get to the beginning. OK. Of it. Uh, a similar logic. Giving citizenship to people who break into our country illegally would be like if Kamala had someone break into her and the second gentleman's house, if she then wrote them into her will and made them heirs to her fortune. That's perfect. Now, as for the beginning of her statement, uh, saying that it is a dereliction of duty, I find that ironic in that she is the border czar and has never been to, let's count them up, Eagle Pass, Del Rio, Tucson, She's never been any of those places, ever. Dereliction of duty. A dereliction of duty. Ugh. If you see a problem, well, I guess you can say if you see a problem. She hasn't seen because it. Because Abbott, yeah, and Ducey yeah. have actually seen it. She hasn't. So she's absolved of responsibility. I haven't seen it because I haven't been there. And if you're a leader, you participate in a solution. I'm guessing a leader ought to actually go and put eyes on the problem in order to come up with... A solution. I, 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 scary. I, I, so, so scary. Too easy. Too easy to uh, denigrate everything she says. Now, uh, there is an update on the Bloom Carroll School District athletic director and coach who was arrested last month, faces four felony counts of sexual battery. His name is Chad Little. He's 45 years old. He's accused of really um, despicable things with a girl who played on the basketball team that he coached. He was also athletic director. Uh, now, a federal lawsuit has been filed that names Bloom Carroll, school superintendent, um, vice principal, principal, school's Title IX coordinator. Uh, it does appear from the accusations, and that's always dangerous to believe accusations, but from the accusations in the lawsuit, uh, it certainly appears that the school district had ample warning signs about this very, very dangerous behavior and uh, did not attend to it uh, in the manner that it should have. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.